Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Monday morning, September 19th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From from Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. This is a podcast dedicated to the uh, public reading of the Word of God. Um, we, we read through from the Legacy Standard Bible. It is one of the most recent translations and uh, from from what I've been able to research, <clears throat> one of the most texturally accurate to the or- original languages. Um, we also, um, tend to start each episode, each time together with some prayer from pure, from the Puritans, um, from the book Valley of Vision, uh, which would, I, I would definitely recommend you get a hard copy of. Um, and then we also do a devotional each morning from, uh, Spurgeon's morning and evening. We do it for whatever that calendar day is. We do the morning one. There is a morning and an evening one. Um, I would definitely recommend you get hold of that as well. Uh, in our show notes, I have links so that you can read online each of the things we read through. So you can read through with me if that helps you better to set those things and helps you keep focused on what we're doing. Um, and I also include at the bottom of that list of links, um, links to where you can get the hard copies for the Valley of Vision and the Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, as well as where you can purchase a Legacy Standard Bible. Now, to be totally upfront, I do not currently have um, a hard copy version of the Legacy Standard Bible. Um, I've been looking at them and pricing them and the wife and I trying to figure out um, what to do. Um, I was blessed back in 2018, went to the Shepherds Conference and was blessed with a preacher's Bible, the the initial printing of the preacher's Bible they gave them out. Um, And so I'm a little spoiled with that one. Um, and, And I don't say this to brag, but they turned around and gave us, I actually, I say this to say how amazing God is because my wife was watching online as I was sitting there in at Grace Community Church, uh, listening to Dr. MacArthur talk about it. my wife's like, you've got to get one, you've got to get one. And of course I'd taken money because I was going to be buying books at the book tents and stuff like that. And then you find out this is a $200 book and I'm going, wow, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's going to eat up most of my book budget. Um, but then they gave us them, um, and they're such an awesome quality. So I'm a little spoiled. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to let that spoiledness keep me. Um, so that's why the, the wife and I are looking, trying to figure out which hard copy version of the legacy standard we want to get for our household. Um, since we have a Reformation study Bible and Macar- multiple copies of MacArthur study Bible and actually a couple different translations. Um, and we have a number of other Bibles that are very solid like an inductive study Bible and all that kind of stuff. So we're just trying to decide. So that's, so again, I'm rambling a little bit. That's why we don't have a hard copy of that, but I would definitely recommend it. Um, and I say all that to say, because we don't know how long the stuff on the internet's going to be there. We don't know what's going to happen. And, and again, I'm not a doomsayer. Um, I'm definitely not a prophet. I, I, I see too many people running around claiming to be prophets now. Um, and it terrifies me a 
pastor I listened to this weekend that I, we attended the, the church, um, where he pastors and I was talking to him afterwards and, you know, he, he was talking the same thing and he said, Hey, if, you know, you're going to claim the, he goes, I'm okay with you claiming the title of prophet. If you're willing to claim, um, the punishment when your prophecies fail and the punishment was to be taken outside and stoned to death. Um, if, if even one of your prophecies fail. And of course, none of these people would submit to that. And, and I understand that from a human perspective, but of course, the reason they won't accept that is because they're not true prophets. Um, but again, uh, so like I said, I'm not a prophet, but as crazy as the world is and as, as uh, unstable as the power grid is and as our supply chains are and everything else, um, it, it, it ill behooves us as Christians it ill behooves us as humans, but it ill behooves us as Christians to not be intelligent enough and foresighted enough, especially with the, especially within the word of God, even God speaks of this kind of thing, being good stewards of what we have and being good stewards both means of what we have and of, and of what we're responsible for. And therefore that means putting aside and preparing and being ready for eventualities. Um, and there are way too many possible eventualities come up and please understand I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a zombie apocalypse kind of, I, I, you know, I, some of that stuff is crazy, but it's not that crazy when you see what's happening now, um, with, um, California and the rolling blackouts they have to do and what strain that puts on people. And now they're telling people, and I'm not trying to make a political opinion, but they're now trying to tell everybody you got to shift to electric cars, but by the way, don't charge them between this and this and this, how, how long is it, or, or in Texas last year, or was it 2021 or 2020, 2021, whatever that, that winter where they lost all power because it was wind powered and it froze up. I, you know, nobody thought that was going to happen. And all of a sudden people are freezing to death. Um, just an eventuality most people weren't prepared for. So I would say, and, and particularly the word of God, we need to have hard copy with us on top of that. We need to be studying it enough that we know it, that, that it, that we are like um, John Bunyan. Wow, it took me a minute to remember the name. John Bunyan, they used to speak of him. Um, he, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress, one of the next. It, it, it is one of the best-selling books out there. The only one that is ahead of it is the Bible um, in that list. Um, if I remember correctly, I might be slightly wrong, but it is up there. But I, if I remember right, it, the only one that has sold more of it over history is the Bible. Um but Bunyan, they used to speak of Bunyan. You got to realize he wrote that and wrote a number of other things. And he spent a good part of his life in prison because he wouldn't be stopped from preaching the word of God. And they used to speak of Bunyan and that he was the Bible. So he was so soaked in the Bible. His body was so soaked in the Bible. It so impregnated his whole body, his whole existence that he bled Bibline, that if you were to cut him, he would bleed Bibline. Bibli, we need to be like that. We, we, we're called to be like that. We are called to know the scriptures. We are called to know God's statutes. He actually says that when he talks about bringing us all back to him, bringing the Gentiles, bringing the Jews back to him, that no longer will you have to teach each one because they will know it. They will know it themselves. They, they will be so um, immersed in it, in the scripture. Sorry, I had to take my phone out of my pocket. It vibrated. It was bothering me. Um, they had to know it. They, they would know it so much. And we, we, we're called to be those people. So we, we've 
got to get into this and internet goes down. Are you going to be able to go? I mean, like I said, I'm using, I'm like on the banner truth site for the Valley of vision. There's a, a number of Spurgeon morning and evening sites. I'm reading the LSB online because they have a specific resource for that. And that's great. But what happens when that goes down? I mean, admittedly, I won't be doing a podcast, but then how do I stay in the word of God? How do I immerse myself in the word of God? So that's why I keep, that's why I put the links out there. That's why I keep telling you, please get a hard copy of it. I'm fortunate enough to have been made gifts of the first two um, by folks I preached to um, and by folks I knew and by my wife being such a wonderful scourer, honestly, of thrift shops to find me good, solid theological books. Um, but again, so I, I digress a bit, but I wanted to get that out there that it, I feel it's very, very important that you have the hard copy versions of these um, to read along with, or, you know, I mean, yeah, the convenience of being online is great, but please long-term, um, I, I, I would, I would implore you to get hard copy versions of it. So, okay, enough digression for this morning. And again, the, this podcast is also, it, it, as is obvious, sometimes I, I will put forward my own opinions. Um, I try to make sure that when I put forward these opinions, um, that these opinions are backed up by scripture. They're not things I've pulled out of my empty head, um, you know, or, or pulled or scratched up off my back or whatever else. Um, I've tried to make sure that I've read enough scripturally and that I've studied enough, um, through, from great men of God, be they, be they Luther, be they Calvin, um, be they Augustine, be they, um, John Knox, uh, Matthew Henry, the, the new, more recent guys, R.C. Sproul, um, John MacArthur, um, be they, be they from, um, even fellow podcasters that I know, uh, Gene Quiet, Chris Honholz, Chris Huff, um, any of those as well, um, that I, that I be guided by God's word, Daryl Harrison, Virgil Walker, that the, the guided by God's as these gentlemen are guided by God's word, guided by God's law. So with all that, with all that said, Let's go ahead and get into our reading for this morning. So I'm sorry, this is probably going to be a little bit longer one because I've digressed a bit here at the beginning, but let's go ahead and get rolling. So again, as is our habit um, in our previous episodes, we're going to read prayers from the Valley of Vision. Um, and the purpose of this is to just get our head squared up on the things of God. And of course, like I've said before, resting on God and grace and trials, which are the first two prayers we're going to read. I tend to read them daily. They help me get my head off the worldly, get my head on the godly and get get myself out of the anxiety ridden stress ridden oh no what next oh no how do i deal with and focus on god so that i truly walk a christ-like walk so i'm closer to walking a christ-like walk in peace and humility and grace so let's get going so resting on god oh god most high most glorious the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd. Hear his voice, know its tones, 
follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. Amen. And grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, <clears throat> drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days, flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee, for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now our prayer for the morning. This is the second day morning, because it's the second day of the week. God over all. O God, all-sufficient, thou hast made and upholdest all things by the word of thy power. Darkness is thy pavilion. Thou walkest on the wings of the wind. All nations are nothing before thee. One generation succeeds another, and we hasten back to the dust. The heavens we behold will vanish away like the clouds that cover them. The earth we tread on will dissolve as a morning dream. But thou, unchangeable and incorruptible, art forever and ever, God over all, blessed eternally. Infinitely great and glorious art thou. We are thy offspring and thy care. Thy hands have made and fashioned us. Thou hast watched over us with more than parental love, more than maternal tenderness. Thou hast holden our soul in life and not suffered our feet to be moved. Thy divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. Let us bless thee at all times and forget not how thou hast forgiven our iniquities, healed our diseases, redeemed our lives from destruction, crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfied our mouths with good things, renewed our youth like the eagles. May the Holy Scripture govern every part of our lives and regulate the discharge of all our duties, so that we may adorn thy doctrine in all things. Amen. 
I'm sorry about that. If, if y'all happened to hear the train horn going over behind me as I was, as I was reading that prayer and right there as well. Um, it was just too nice of a morning to leave all the windows closed up. So I opened them up, but this is the regular time each morning where the trains go by They're maybe a half mile to a mile from the house. Uh, all right. And now for our devotion for this morning. Again, it's from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. It is the September 19th morning um, article. And the scripture for this morning is Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This liberty makes us free to heaven's charter, the Bible. Here is a choice passage, believer. When thou passest through the rivers, I will be with thee. You are free to that. Here is another. The mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. You are free to that. You are a welcome guest at the table of the promises. Scripture is a never-failing treasury filled with boundless stores of grace. It is the bank of heaven. You may draw from it as much as you please without let or hindrance. Come in faith, and you are welcome to all covenant blessings. There is not a promise in the word which shall be withheld in the depths of tribulations. Let this freedom comfort you amidst waves of distress. Let it cheer you when sorrows surround thee. Let it be thy solace. This is thy father's love token. I'm sorry, this is thy father's love token. Got to read that correctly. <laughs> Thou art free to it at all times. Thou art also free to the throne of grace. It is the believer's privilege to have access at all times to his heavenly Father. Whatever our desires, our difficulties, our wants, we are at liberty to spread all before him. It matters not how much we may have sinned. We may ask and expect pardon. It signifies nothing how poor we are. We may plead his promise that he will provide all things needful. We have permission to approach his throne at all times, in midnight's darkest hour, or in noontide's most burning heat. Exercise thy right, O believer, and live up to thy privilege. Thou art free to all that is treasured up in Christ, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It matters not what they, thy need is, for there is fullness of supply in Christ, and it is there for thee. Oh, what a freedom is thine! Freedom from condemnation, freedom to the promises, freedom to the throne of grace, and at last, freedom to enter heaven. Amen. All right. Now on to our reading. Our reading this morning, our four chapters. This morning it's only four, but four is Second Samuel 15, Second Corinthians 8, Ezekiel 22, and Psalm 69. So, Second Samuel uh, 15, and here we go. I mean, we've watched David, and we talked about it uh, yesterday. Struggling a little bit with parenthood and with dealing with his sons. And I say that because having a little bit of problem with one of mine, um, love him dearly, love my boy dearly. But so David struggling with his sons. And unfor unfortunately I can identify with that because I've not always been the best father. Um, but here comes as, as God had told him with what happened with Bathsheba. And I mentioned this yesterday with what God told him with what happened with Bathsheba and the loss of 
the child of that that union, that first child of that union, of course, Solomon comes later, um, God made clear, you're going to have problems from your own children, from your own family. And so we've already had Amnon defile um, his sister, and, or Absalom's sister, she was a half-sister to Amnon, um, and then Absalom killed him. So now Absalom is going to foment conspiracy. He's going to foment revolution, revolt within the kingdom of Israel. So here we go. Second Samuel 15. Now it happened afterwards that Absalom prepared for himself a chariot and horses and 50 men as runners before him. And Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. And when any man had a case to come to the king for judgment, Absalom would call to him and say, from what city are you? And he would say, your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, see, your words are good and right but no man listens to you on the part of the king. Then Absalom would say, Oh, that one would appoint me judge in the land. Then every man who has any case or judgment could come to me and I would justify him. And when a man came near to prostrate himself before him, he would stretch out his hand and take hold of him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom dealt with all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole away the hearts of the men of Israel. Now it happened at the end of 40 years that Absalom said to the king, Please let me go and pay my vow which I have vowed to Yahweh in Hebron. For your servant vowed a vow while I was living at Jeshur in Aram, saying, If Yahweh shall indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve Yahweh. And the king said to him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom is king in Hebron. Now 200 men went with Absalom from Jerusalem who were invited and went innocently and they did not know anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor, from his city, Gilo, while he was offering the sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. Then an informant came to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel have followed Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for otherwise there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Go in haste, lest he overtake us hastily and drive calamity on us, and strike the city with the edge of the sword. Then the king's servants said to the king, Behold, your servants are ready to do whatever my lord the king chooses. So the king went out and all his household with him, but the king left ten concubines to keep the house. And the king went out and all the people with him, and they stopped at the last house. Now all his servants passed on beside him, all the Cherethites, all the Pelethites, and all the Gittites, six hundred men who had come with him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then the king said to Atai the Gittite, Why will you also go with us? Return and remain with the king, for you are a foreigner and also an exile. Return to your own place. You came only yesterday, and shall I today make you wander with us? going about while I go where I go. Return and cause your brothers to return. Loving kindness and truth be with you. But Ittai answers answered the king and said, As Yahweh lives and as my lord the king lives, surely wherever my lord the king may be, whether for death or for life, there also your servant will be. So David said to Ittai, Go and pass over. So Ittai the Gittite passed over with all his men and all the little ones who were with him. 
While all the country was weeping with a loud voice, all the people passed over. The king also passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. Now behold, Zadok also came, and all the Levites with him carrying the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Abiathar came up until all the people had finished passing from the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Return the ark of God to the city. If I find favor in the sight of Yahweh, then he will cause me to return and show me both it and his habitation. But if he should say thus, I have no delight in you, behold, here I am. Let him do to me as seems good in his sight. The king said also to Zadok the priest, Are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, your son Ahimaaz and Jonathan the son of Abiathar. See, I'm going to wait at the fords of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar returned the ark of God to Jerusalem and remained there. But David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went, and his head was covered, and he was walking barefoot, and all the people who were with him each covered his head and went up weeping as they went. Now David informed them, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Yahweh, I pray, make the counsel of Ahithophel foolishness. Then it happened that as David was coming to the summit, where he used to worship God, that behold, Hushai the archite met him with his coat torn and dust on his head. And David said to him, If you pass over with me, then you will be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been your father's servant in time past, so I will now be your servant, then you can thwart the counsel of Ahithophel for me. Are not Zadok and Abiathar the priests with you there? So it shall be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall inform Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, their two sons are with them there, Ahimaaz Zadok's son, and Jonathan Abiathar's son. And by their hand you shall send me everything that you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. All right, 2 Corinthians 8. Now, brothers, we make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great testing by affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the richness of their generosity. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the grace of sharing in the ministry to the saints. And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So we encouraged Titus that as he had previously made a beginning, so he would also complete in you this gracious work as well. But just as you abound in everything, in faith and word and knowledge, and in all earnestness and in the love we inspired in you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. I am not speaking this as a command, but as proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity of your love also. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though being rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And I give my opinion in this matter, for this is profitable for you, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now complete doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may be also the completion of it from what you have. For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For this is not for the relief of others and for your affliction, but by way of equality. 
at this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. For he not only accepted our plea, but being himself very earnest, he has gone out to you of his own accord. And we have sent along with him the brother whose praise and the things of the gospel is throughout all the churches. And not only this, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our readiness taking precaution lest anyone discredits us in our ministering of this generous gift. For we respect what is good, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many things, but now even more earnest because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, a glory to Christ. Therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love and of our reason for boasting about you. All right, and now Ezekiel 22. Then the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Now as for you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the city of blood? Then you shall cause her to know all her abominations. And you shall say, Thus says Lord Yahweh, A city shedding blood in her midst, so that her time will come and she makes idols against herself for defilement. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed, and defiled by your idols which you have made. Thus you have brought your day near, and have come to your years. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mocking to all the lands. Those who are near, and those who are far from you, will mock you. You of unclean name, full of turmoil. Behold the princes of Israel, each according to his power, have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood. They have treated father and mother with contempt within you. The sojourner they have oppressed in your midst. The fatherless and the widow they have mistreated in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. Slanderous men have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood. And in you they have eaten at the mountain shrines. In your midst they have done acts of lewdness. In you they have uncovered their father's nakedness. In you they have humbled her who was unclean in her menstrual impurity. One has also done what is an abomination with his neighbor's wife, and another has lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law, and another in you has violated his sister, his father's daughter. In you they have taken bribes for the purpose of shedding blood. You have taken interest in profits, and you have injured your neighbors for gain. By oppression, and you have forgotten them, forgotten me, declares Lord Yahweh. Now behold, I have struck my hand at your greedy gain, which you have acquired, and at the bloodshed which is among you. Can your heart stand, or can your hands be strong in the days that I will act against you? I, Yahweh, have spoken and will act. I will scatter you among the nations, and I will disperse you through the lands, and I will put an end to your uncleanness from you. You will profane yourself in the sight of the nations, and you will know that I am Yahweh. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are the dross of silver. Therefore thus says Lord Yahweh, 
because all of you have become dross. Therefore, behold, I am going to gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As they gather silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into the furnace to blow fire on it in order to melt it, so I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath, and I will lay you there and melt you. And I will collect you together and blow on you with the fire of my fury, and you will be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in the furnace, so you will be melted in the midst of it, and you will know that I, Yahweh, have poured out my wrath on you. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst, like a roaring lion tearing the prey. Lion tearing the prey. They have devoured lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no separation between the holy and the profane, and they have not made known the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they hide their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Her princes within her are like wolves tearing the prey by shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get greedy gain, and her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, beholding worthless visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says Lord Yahweh, when Yahweh has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced oppression and committed robbery, and they have mistreated the afflicted and needy, and have oppressed the sojourner without justice. And I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, so that I would not bring it to ruin, but I found no one. Thus I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my fury, their way I have brought upon their heads, declares Lord Yahweh. And Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the waters have threatened my life. I have sunk in deep clay, and there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and a flood overflows me. I am weary with my calling out. My throat is parched. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Those who hate me without cause are more than the hairs of my head. Those who would destroy me are powerful, being wrongfully my enemies. What I did not steal, I then have to restore. O oh God, it is you who knows my folly, and all my guilt is not hidden from you. May those who hope for you not be ashamed through me, O Lord Yahweh of hosts. May those who seek you not be dishonored through you, O God of Israel. Because for your sake I have borne reproach, dishonor has covered my face. I have become estranged from my brothers and a foreigner to my mother's sons. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept in my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. Those who dwell at the gate moan about me, and I am the drunkard's song. But as for me, my prayer is for you, is to you, O Yahweh, at an acceptable time. O oh God, in the abundance of your loving kindness, answer me with the truth of your salvation. Deliver me from the mire, and do not let me sink. May I be delivered from my foes and from the deep waters. May the flood of water not overflow me, nor the deep swallow me up, nor the pit shed its mouth on me. Answer me, O Yahweh, for your loving kindness is good, according to the abundance of your compassion. 
turn to me, and do not hide your face from your slave, for I am in distress. Answer me quickly, O draw near to my soul and redeem it. Ransom me because of my enemies. You know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. All my adversaries are before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am so sick. And I hoped for sympathy, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They also gave me gall for my food. And for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. May their table before them become a snare. And when they are in peace, may it become a trap. May their eyes darken so that they cannot see. And make their loins quake continually. Pour out your indignation on them. And may your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be desolate. May none dwell in their tents. For they have persecuted him whom you yourself have struck down. And they recount the pain of those whom you have wounded. Add iniquity to their iniquity. And may they not come into your righteousness. May they be blotted out of the book of life. And may they not be recorded with the righteous. But I am afflicted and in pain. May your salvation, O God, set me securely on high. I will praise the name of God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. And this will please Yahweh better than an ox or a young bull with horns and hooves. The humble see it and are glad. You who seek God, let your heart revive. For Yahweh hears the needy and does not despise and does not despise his who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and possess it. The seed of his slaves will inherit it, and those who love his name will dwell in it. Amen. And that is our reading for the day. Um, as I said, I would definitely encourage you to get hold of the hard copies of that from which I've read from. Um, they are definitely worthwhile. I know um, Valley of Vision, actually, you can find out on the web a reading plan that takes you all the way through the Valley of Vision. Um, it's not just read the first three, read the next three, but it actually has you read three times a day and you read one prayer each of those three times. And it's so you read through it over time um, and it it makes sure, sure you that you expose yourself to all um, of the prayers in there. So I would definitely encourage that. Um, again, we're, we're doing our Bible reading from Robert Murray McShane's uh, Read the Bible in a Year plan that he created, um, as I've told you multiple times before, as, that he created for his congregation back in 1842, just before he passed away at 29 years of age. Um, and I have mentioned before that even that young, he had had such an impact on his congregation and on all around him, including his compatriots, including his peers. Um, Again, I, I would also recommend for you um, the biography, and I, if I remember correctly, the author is Horatius Bonner, um, who was one of his one of his peers, um, wrote it. And a big part of that biography is actually excerpts from Robert Murray McShane's diaries from his from his journals, um, and they're wonderful. I mean, it is wonderful. You you so much come to know the godly heart of that man. Um, again, I would I would think though I. Other than from reading the scripture, I, I don't know the heart of God. There's much of God that I don't understand. Um, I would think that Robert Murray Machine would be one of those that that God would say, here is, like he said about David, here is one after my own, here's a man after my own heart. Um, 
it's a definitely worthwhile read, whether you're a theologian or not, whether you're a preacher or not, whether, you know, whatever. Um, it's just good for the Christian to read. Heck, heck it's good for the non-Christian to read, to realize this is what Christianity is about. Um, again, I would hope and pray that this reading of the word of God, that's this reading, this public reading of the word of God um, would edify and equip the saints and would lift them up, those that are saved. And for you that are not saved, I would beg you to get into the word of God and to pray, to get on your knees and pray, get into your, you know, people talk about a prayer closet closet. I don't specifically have a prayer closet. I pray all over the place and I pray consistently throughout the day. Um, and I, and I don't say that to boast that it was not something I used to do. Um, and there are great improvements I need to make in my prayer life. So don't, don't mistake me. Um, but to get in prayer, to be on your knees and to beg God to take your sin from you, to turn you from your sin, to, to send the Holy spirit to you, to do the work of regeneration within you, to remove that heart of stone as is spoken of, um, I think it's in Ezekiel, actually, that heart of stone and to replace it with a heart of flesh so that that, that heart can, that can be shaped by the Holy Spirit, that is shaped by God, um, that is shaped to a love of Christ. And please get on your knees and beg for that salvation. Because again, 10 out of 10 people die and 10 out of 10 people will face judgment. And 10 out of 10 people will go out into eternity. And the only difference between them is a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Something that we can't do, that the Holy Spirit has to do in us, that God has to send the Holy Spirit to do in us, and that is provided for by the death and resurrection, by the holy life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we are called to hit our knees and beg that we be made possible to repent and mortify our sins to place them all at the foot of the cross and to turn from them and walk away. That's what repentance means. So that we would walk like Christ. We would walk like God's children. Like I've said before, that we would be imitators of God as Ephesians 5, 1 says. So I would beg you, if you are not saved, to hit your knees and pray that this morning. I thank you for spending time with us. Let's let's go ahead and pray real quick. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us through this weekend. Um, I, I hope those that are listening have had a good, godly weekend. Um, my wife and I definitely did. Um, and I, I, I thank you and bless you for it. Um, all the blessings and honor and glory are, are from you and to you. And Lord, I would pray that our time together this morning that we've spent together, that not only would it edify and equip myself, but it would edify and equip and lift up those who have heard it, that, that for those that are unsaved, that, that it would put on their heart that need to come to you and to beg forgiveness and to get on their knees and, and beg and pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to them, that you, you would bring them to a saving faith in Christ. Dear Lord, our world is in such need of people that walk like your son, that walk a true Christian walk. And dear Lord, we would pray that we would be those, those witnesses, that we would be those examples.
for your glory, not for any for us, but for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. I pray that you go and have a wonderful day. Um, and remember, um, as my buddy Gene says, Gene Client says, and Squirrel Chatter, and please go listen to him. He, it's wonderful. But, you know, um, he says this. This is his tagline, not mine, so I don't claim. But it's, go do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to do. And do all that you do for the glory of God. And I, I think Gene is awesome. And Gene, thank you for saying that because I love the way you say it. And I, will, I won't repeat it anymore because it's his tag phrase there at the end. Um, but please go do all you do for the glory of God. All right. Have a great day.